Good evening, and welcome to a stripped-down episode of Midweek Manches. I'm Ant, Astyan on Twitter, and tonight I'm joined by the mayor of Cartersville, Matt Santini. How are you, Matt? Doing great. Should be Midweek Paisans, huh? Yes, absolutely. Um, lots of our compadres are either sick or out of the country, so you just get the two of us old menches, paisans, and we will drone on for uh, for as long as we can. A couple of New York Italians cutting it up. Absolutely. <laughs> so we're just going to jump right in here. And uh, I know you had a bunch of topics that you wanted to throw out. So, uh, you know, why don't we start with, uh, let's just start with the Smetty stuff, especially if you listen to today's episode That's- where she was just trying to hammer the heat about the kids being there and the way the game went and Mike Ryan going back against her about Knicks fans and how we, cause I'm a Knicks fan um, sort of latch on to any hope we can get and blow out of proportion and all that stuff. So, so give me what you got, Mayor, because I know you're passionate about this being a Hawks fan. And, you know, we go back and forth playfully about this stuff. But, uh, you know, <laughs> not a passionate Hawks fan, <laughs> only when they're playing the Knicks. <laughs> and again, it boils down to this. And I've mentioned a few times. My daughter is, is, is a few years younger than Smetty. And I love my daughter dearly. But some of the things that Smetty says that irritate me remind me of my daughter. My daughter. um, Again, we were in a restaurant. She came down to visit last week and she heard a, a just like this toddler just kind of make some noise in a restaurant. And she's like, that's exactly why I don't want kids. She goes, I just can't. St-. And I'm like, it was just a kid being a kid. So today, when when Smetty starts talking about going to her first Miami Heat game, and again, you would think that the experience of being in a new place, she hadn't been to a basketball game in a long time. And it was like, oh, the stadium was, you know, the, the arena was nice and the game was nice. But what irritated her was the, the fact that there were a bunch of kids there that were sitting behind her and they were having a good time at a sporting event. On a Wednesday school night, the horror. Yeah. And so it's so the sound of happy children makes Smetty angry. And I just. Sorry, I'm going to have to sit on the other side of that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh she's got interesting takes when it comes to that kind of stuff. She 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 very much I know she's young, but even at times she almost comes across as even younger than she is with the whole like not even anti-kids because I don't think she's necessarily anti-kids, but she just has a still living my best singles life sort of attitude about a lot of stuff and how dare, I don't know, anyone else have their fun their way. I don't know. I was actually surprised that no one went with her. Like, I'm surprised, like, you know, Chris or Mike or someone didn't go with her and not even necessarily give her a tour, but, like, show her the ins and outs of, of, of you know, I guess it's not the AAA anymore, whatever it's called, whatever the name of the arena is now. But, you know, like, I would have thought that would have happened just sort of organically without – you know, in many ways, no one seems to know she went to the game last night. It was a little weird for me. Anyway. Well, and I don't, I don't know if she went with somebody else or if she went with her with a friend. She obviously didn't go with anybody who was familiar with the arena because she didn't know about the nightclub and some of the yeah. other amenities, which I would think if you went somewhere, like I said, for the first time, 
you would go with somebody who kind of knew the ropes or you would do enough research online to kind of know what the ins and outs of the stadium was. Right. Uh, for instance, when my, when my wife and I went to visit Fenway about three, four years ago, you know, she's not a baseball fan per se, but you know, we went to a Yankees Red Sox game on a Sunday night, but we, you know, and again, I've seen Fenway, Fenway my whole life, but I also did a little bit of just kind of layout of the park. What are some things you might need to see, you know, stuff like that. So I was, I was a little bit surprised by that. And then it, again, it, it, it delved into a, a shot at the heat and the, and the, the number of women to men that were there. And then it evolved into, there were a bunch of Knicks fans there. And of course that didn't end well for them because the heat ended up winning the game. And then it was shot at the, at the Knicks and Julius Randall and Kemba Walker, which I kind of enjoyed. And then Trey young got caught up in the, in the jet wash of all that as well. So it, it went on to a bunch of different layers and, uh, quite frankly, I enjoyed that part of the conversation a lot. And again, I enjoyed all of it other than the fact that, again, I chuckle at the fact that here's somebody who can't stand the sound of laughing children. One last thought before I throw it back to you on this. I don't know how old those kids were, but having somebody like her sitting in front of them, maybe she didn't bring it up, but those kids had to have been giddy having somebody have a, have an attractive 27 year old sitting in front of them. Uh, and maybe that was part of it. Yeah, I would think that most definitely that that was something that would have been like, you know, them them elbowing each other. Look at this one in front of us. Look at she. No. Um, the other thing that seemed weird for me, going back to sort of what you're saying, was is she didn't seem to like do any planning or look anything up or or even like even ask, hey, Mike, I'm going to the game. What should, you know, what should I be doing? Is there anything to do? Is there anything to go see? Like she was sort of like. It was almost as if she had never been to a basketball game at all before the way she just sort of seemed to, or came across as walking in blind about it. I don't know. It was just, it was a little weird. And and I was, you know, as a Knicks fan myself, who is not crazy, like many of my fellow Knicks fans are, I just thought she did a poor job of pretending to represent <laughs> Knicks fans. Like, like the truth is, we're not having a good season. The truth is we're not as good as we were last year. The truth is we literally do have the worst starting five when you look at plus minus in the league. You know, you have a team that doesn't necessarily fit the way the coach coaches. You There's so many things about it. And it's just, I don't know, it's frustrating that it's frustrating for me that she got piled on, not necessarily sticking up for her as much as sticking up for the Knicks or Knicks fandom that, you know, I don't think we're any necessarily more irrational in many ways than a lot of other fan bases. You know, when Mike was talking about how last year's season for us was a bubble season, I want to be like, wait, and two years ago, what did the heat do in a bubble season? Like, <laughs> you know, yep. the, it was like, <laughs> you did exactly the same thing. Yes. You made it much further than the Knicks did, whatever. But you had a bubble season where because of the bubble, you were able to go much further than, than you were expected to. I don't know. I, I thought it was good content because I like what his banter. I like when they go back and forth. Although it's not necessarily fair. I like when three or four of the shipping container go against someone else in the shipping container. And it's sort of specifically unbalanced where the person who's getting sort of attack is too strong of a word, but getting the ire or whatever easily cannot combat all the other people going after, whether it's Schmetti on that end or if it's going after Billy or going after Winningham or Chris Cody. I sort of like that dynamic when that happens. Um, so 
anyway, but you know, well, I, I would, I'd be a little bit, um, it'd be dangerous to say anything negative about Mike Ryan because of his behavior over the last week. So I'm not going to say anything uh, <laughs> relative to his hypocrisy over bubble seasons and how good teams are. But the truth of the matter is, uh, your Knicks and, and my, I'll call them my Hawks just for convenience sake. Uh, they're, they're vastly underperforming from where their expectations were after last season. And, um, oh, well, we'll just have to move on from there, but the heat, uh, the heat of are having a good season. And I do wonder if Smetty was there as a Knicks fan. She, cause she didn't really proclaim that she was a Knicks fan. She may just made it sound like she went there to see the heat, you know, arena and, and see a heat game. Yeah. It seemed, it seemed a little odd. The, the other thing I would say, um, You're measuring, just say it. I am not trying to qualify the poor season my Knicks are having. I will say there are a couple teams in the East who are doing much better than expected. The Bulls, the Cavs, the Hornets. There are other teams that have also done well. So Knicks are doing worse. Other teams are doing better. I'm not surprised they're in 10th and a couple games under 500. At the same time, let me say it unequivocally, they're not a good team. They're not a player away. They're not a half a guy away. They are significantly away from being a quality team. Now, yes, after last season, I did expect that they would have a similar season, be fourth, fifth, sixth in the league, play a first round series. And that's where my expectations were because they're not as good as the Nets with or without Kyrie. They're not as good as the Sixers with or without Embiid. They're not as good as the Bucks. They're not as good as the Heat, given all the moves the Heat's made in the last, you know, six, nine, 12 months. So, you know, I wish, I mean, again, sports fans, short for fanatics, are never measured in what they say, are never measured in how they act. And, you know, as, as a Nick fan, we were spurred by Riley and we hate the Heat, you know. <laughs> so there's ire from them to us and from us to them. I don't know. Well, I just wish we go back in the way back machine and listen to all the New York based sports talk again, which bleeds out nationally to when Kemba Walker was acquired and everybody thought that was the one piece that was going to be coming to the Mecca and it was going to turn it all around. And this was the year in the East for the Knicks. So again, I, yeah. There are very few there are very few instances in life where I delight in the 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 <laughs> downfall of others or the lack of success for others. I never, you know, if somebody's uh, this is one of those few times. And again, I yeah, as I, much as you love the Knicks, it's kind of like Billy. You know, they, they were talking about Hall of Fame uh, voting and and Andrew Jones a little bit. And again, every time they bring up the fact that Billy, my boy Billy, he just hates the Atlanta Braves, and that's. Yeah, that's the one thing we just agree to disagree on, but, uh, you know, his love for the Marlins is it, it kind of makes him have to hate the Braves the way that he does. And Hey, we just accept that and move on. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I'll, I'll throw a quick thing out there and then I'll move on. Andrew Jones, one of the best center fielders ever. The fact that he's not in the hall of fame is a, a big mark against a lots of things going out there, but that could be a whole nother conversation. So we wouldn't have to go down the, 
the baseball. I, I, will, I will agree with you. I'll show you a funny story. My grandfather, uh, you know, he lived in Rochester, New York, where I'm from, you know, until he passed years ago, but I would call him and we would talk about baseball. And when Andrew was in his heyday, I would say, you know, grandpa, I said, is he the, is he the best center fielder that you've ever, I say he's the best one I've ever seen, you know, but you get to watch somebody every day. You kind of, you may be a little bit biased. I said, is he the best you ever, he goes, Oh no, no, no. He goes, Joe DiMaggio. He goes, some of these, some of these balls that Jones is having to dive for, he goes, DiMaggio would be under him or he, you know, he'd, he'd be right there to get it. I'm like, okay. okay. <laughs> of Joe DiMaggio, but, um, I, I just have a hard time believing that what Andrew Jones would have to run down and dive that Joe DiMaggio would be standing right there waiting for it. I was going to go down the path. You've got DiMaggio, you've got Mantle, you've got Mays, you've got like going back then, you know, in New York baseball, there were so many good center fielders. Um, well, you know, the fact that DiMaggio is Italian probably had nothing to do with it either. So probably, probably not. Yeah, exactly. So mayor, I want to give you a, a moment or two to sort of, uh, Puff up your chest a little bit. We're coming up on the anniversary of Billy Gilday in Cartersville. And I uh, want to give you an opportunity to talk about that and your memories and, and, and how fun that day was for you and even for Billy. Absolutely. And Mon- uh, Monday, January 31st will be the anniversary of Billy Gilday. And when you do proclamations, you do them specific to the year. And that way, you know, you can name it's just that Dave on that particular year. It's not in perpetuity, but we do celebrate, uh, fans do the, the anniversary of Billy Gill day. And, um, so I don't know that we're going to have any parades or anything downtown. I'm still trying to think of something fun to do to maybe push out, to promote the city of Cartersville and the fact that, uh, that that day did happen. You bring up that day. I don't want to get too long winded about it, which I'm likely to do anyway, but you know, Billy had, had gone back and forth with me for days about whether or not the, they were going to be able to come up. Well, and again, I was lining up with the, with the chamber of commerce, with our convention and visitors bureau. I was even talking with the high school about having the band show up, you know, some members of the band to play and just, you know, make a spectacle of the whole thing. Well, again, I never got any notice. And then that morning I'd gotten up and I put all the letters on the marquee for Billy Gilday had my proclamation ready to go. And he sends me a, a direct message that says, yeah, I don't think we're going to be able to make it. It's not going to happen. So I was like, well, that stinks. So then I took a picture. If you go back in the history, I t- took a picture of the marquee. I said, what do you do? And, you know, Billy Gilday, you know, Billy Gill's not able to show up for Billy Gilday in Cartersville. You celebrate anyway. And had me holding the proclamation with the Billy Gill on the, on the thing behind me, the marquee behind me on the theater. So then you fast forward and at about 11 o'clock, maybe it was one o'clock. He's, he sends me, he goes, we're going to be able to make it. We'll be up in an hour. And I had just taken all of the letters off the marquee and changed it back. So then I had to get back up on the ladder, change the marquee to Billy Gilday, go home, change, put on a, you know, put on a jacket just because I wanted to look somewhat merrily. And he got up and I'd put something on Facebook about it. And there was one guy who saw my, my Facebook post and showed up because he was a big fan of the show. And of course, Billy and Charlie um, came up. Allison opted not to come. She probably enjoyed the the quiet while they were gone. And so when they got there, there was, 
and, and they were late. So the one guy, he was on like break from his job. And so he had to go back to work. So it was basically just about four or five radio station employees. And, and again, it really did fit everything because it was the marching band to nowhere. It was slapped together at the last second. And it even added to the spectacle, the fact that, you know, that there was nobody there, but we did it. We had a good time. Um, I gave Billy hat on a, uh, a Guillermo mafia hat. And, uh, at the time Dwayne Wade was doing all the Jersey swapping. And so I had a Cartersville hat that I swapped with him, gave him a football Jersey from the high school that had just won the state championship. And it was, it was a fun day and, um, it's, it's developed. I'd like to say that we're friends. I think he would, he might say that I would hope he would, but I consider him a friend and uh, we sometimes send back direct messages and even text messages very rarely. I don't abuse that privilege of having his cell number, but, uh, again, I'll look forward to celebrating and, and got to find something nice to do for him uh, on Monday. The time is short. Yeah. And, uh, and maybe if we can, uh, move forward, we can have uh, a bowling day that, that Billy and, and you had talked about, uh, you know, when, when all this gets behind <laughs> us, we will have, and this is, I, we will have a Gilcon uh, in, in Cartersville and we'll have a bowling tournament. Maybe Juju will come up and play, play it on the grand theater stage, or maybe out in our uh, pavilion in our downtown area, but something that would bring, I think a bunch of people, I think that's the scariest thing was the number of people that would probably show up for this would be <laughs> far more than we could possibly even anticipate. Um, I'd like to tie it in. And actually Yeti came with me, I think in April, there's a, there's a weekend where the Marlins were in town where you can kind of match up a day and have the, uh, have, have everybody go down and watch a Braves Marlins game and then have an event at the theater. I think it's the weekend of April 22nd and 23rd. It's a little bit close to the, um, to my daughter's wedding that, uh, for me to organize something like that, <laughs> it's a little bit difficult to pull off, but, um, and again, we're still with the uncertainties of pandemic stuff. I, I, when mm-hmm. we do it, I want to make sure we do it great. And, um, and again, hopefully he'd be able to be a part of it. He's, uh, he's, he's a good dude and he's got his idiosyncrasies as we all do. And, uh, and it's fun when, uh, you know, as I was talking about earlier, when, when the personalities interact, how they play off each other so well. So, uh, and that includes us in the after our group and how we have such different personalities and we interact or interject or, you know, play off each other. So it did have me thinking what would have happened if Chris or Mike or Roy would have gotten that assignment to come up to Atlanta for the Super Bowl and how it would have played out perhaps very differently. Number one, Roy probably would have never replied and said, we're not doing that. Um, <laughs> Mike would have ghosted me as well. I feel fairly certain of that. And then, but I, th- I think Chris, I think it still would have happened. And Chris probably would have leaned to it, leaned into it even more than Billy. But Billy was, uh, like I said, Billy and Charlie uh, couldn't have been more fun and gracious and actually toured the town and did a few things to promote the city as well while they were up. And uh, it was just a fun day. And then I was, they were nice enough to, I had a segment on the local hour that next week. And that was, that was a lot of fun. I've got about a 10 minute audio of that actually on my computer. I should probably upload that to SoundCloud and share that. Maybe that's what I'll do for Billy Gilday. I might share that very Greg Cody. Like we'll celebrate Billy (laughs) Gilday by putting the focus on me and my show. So to continue on the Cartersville track, um, I've also been impressed recently with, with some of your tweets, how uh, 
a lot of locals seem to be getting attracted to the U or getting offered scholarships and, and all that stuff. Is that, a, you know, has, I guess, as someone who hasn't followed Cartersville high school football, <laughs> is that something is, is the U been a destination that a lot of, you know, has, has been a major part of, of, of some of the Cartersville football players. I know you guys have a really good team um, over the years and have won, you know, at least one state championship or is it, is it, is it more than one? Yeah, they like they the, want to they want they won back to back a few years because they had a quarterback by the name of Trevor Lawrence. I don't know if you remember him. Never heard of him. But, the, <laughs> but um, yeah, they they won a couple of uh, state championships with him. But um, no, the the Miami surge has been really since since the change with Mario Cristobal uh, joining the staff, and so I guess they're just again being a little bit more aggressive or found a little bit of a a grain. One of their coaches came up and visited Cartersville this week and the school posted a picture thanking him for being there. And so I shared that. And then, uh, there's a young into names too much. You can look at it online, but, um, man, who's gotten several D one offers coming in now is an offensive lineman, really good kid, uh, who, uh, took a trip, uh, got, got an offer by Miami. And I think later on, so we'll be down to Miami. And so it gave me an opportunity to kind of mix those two things together. That's cool. That that was a lot of fun. Yeah. I think, I think it's, you know, I mean, not that you're necessarily acting like a proud Papa, but when people that local to you, that, you know, that you're connected with the high school and it's your town and it's gotta be great to just see that. I mean, even if the offers are coming from anywhere, you've gotta, you've gotta be excited about them getting D one offers and getting the opportunity to play at the next level. And I mean, you know, even if they're not going to be the number one pick like Trevor Lawrence, it's to me, it's still gotta be like, you're like, you feel proud of, you know, what, what you guys are doing down there. And I, and there's high school community and I primarily broadcast the Cartersville games. I will tell people the thing that I love most about being around high school football is exactly that is watching a kid. And again, it's great that getting offered by Miami or, you know, West Virginia or Georgia tech or any of these, you know, really larger schools, it, that doesn't matter to watch a kid get an opportunity to play at, you know, Montana tech, or, you know, just any of this, these smaller or some of these schools that these kids get scholarships to that quite frankly, they're so small. You'd never even really heard of them before that they get an opportunity to use the hard work that they had in football and their athletic ability to be able to further their education. And in a lot of these kids cases, a chance to transform their lives. So, you know, to me, that's the most gratifying part is being able to see these kids have the opportunity to really change the rest of their lives through football. And again, hopefully they're making good use of the opportunity to get an education and to carry them forward. Yeah, and, that's, uh, awesome. that's that's what I enjoy the most. But yeah, it's it's kind of neat to see kids get the big time offers that uh, they occasionally have up here. Yeah, I mean, you know, when when I went to high school, which was a long time ago, I mean, very few of my class got many offers as far as football because we tended to be a smaller team. We were we were we were class C, which is the third level um, as far as size of school goes. My graduate class was a buck away. I think I think only two kids um, got any sort of meaningful offers of any kind and one went to Penn and he did fine but I mean he didn't you know he wasn't going to the NFL or anything my high school is much more baseball school we had won four consecutive state titles from 1986 to 1989 for baseball that was the biggest sport when I was growing up 
it's it's nice. it's, it's cool when uh, you see people you know or people you're connected with moving on to bigger and better things even if you know even if it ends in college never mind going further than that so i think that's i don't know i find it really cool um, absolutely you know, a little bit a little bit of santini trivia the town of fairport new york is which is where i was i grew up my my uncle uh it's kind of like my dad's cousin anyway, you know we call everybody mm-hmm. uncle my uncle don santini was the head coach of the fairport red raiders and they won a new york state championship back in the guess it had to be the, the early eighties. So in, in that little corner of the state, there's uh, a lot of notoriety for him as a football coach. I think he came close a couple of other times. So that same state you were in, we were winning state championships up there in, in Fairport, the red Raiders. So let's switch gears a moment and uh, go back to something a little bit on the lighter side. One of the topics that was covered on the show this week were hairiest athletes. And as sitting here talking to two Italians who are, who are most <laughs> definitely hairy uh, SOBs without uh, going too vulgar here. Um, I love the topic. I thought it was hilarious because I know growing up, for, like for me, when they mentioned Pete Sampras, that was just like so spot on. I thought just they did so good with their athletes, but I also think they missed a few. So I was going to throw it out to you, Mayor. You got anybody that you, uh, that you think of off the top of your head when you think of hair, hairiest athletes? Well, I was screaming at my, I guess I wasn't screaming at my radio. I was screaming at my iPhone while I'm listening. Just thinking, you know, you try to come up with the names and you keep waiting for them. And a lot of times, again, it's fun. You get to play around with the show and you almost feel like you're part of the shipping container as you're trying to throw names out there. And then two names that I don't think came up were Vlade Divac and Johnny Damon. Ooh. I mean, Johnny Damon famously had that monstrous beard and that hair flying everywhere. Now that's hair on top of your head and of course your face, but yeah, I think they were going more with the whole body hair, uh, the Darwin sweater vest type of thing, but sure, Vladi had a lot, had a lot going on. And, and I, I would think if Damon was able to grow that and have all that hair, that caveman look, I'm sure it, I'm sure it reached other parts of his anatomy. Yes, very much. So I think I can't think of anybody I know. And this is going to sound weird. That's hairy on their face and not necessarily hairy elsewhere. Um, and vice versa. I have a couple of friends who openly joke about the two chest hairs they have and how they can't grow a beard. So it seems to go sort of, uh, sort of go hand in hand. I, I love the Vlade Divac, um call out. That was definitely one that I had not thought of. But the second you said it, I was like, oh, yeah, of course. Like most totally that just another one that I'm going to throw out there that had some controversy in the past week is John Stockton. I feel like Stockton was a hairy guy, like, and you would see it because he'd be wearing the sort of a top shirt and you would just naturally see, I mean, not necessarily to the level of a Pete Sampras or some of the really, really unbelievably hairy guys that they talked about, but I thought he was an underrated guy that I seem to remember growing up um, just being really hairy or, or you noticing it because of, of the basketball uniform or the outfit that he wore. How about this? That's, that's a great call. Number one, sneaky, hairy guy. It's, it's difficult to be sneaky, hairy, but, but I think you've nailed it with that. Also for me, when I think of John Stockton, I think of understated and I mean, He's probably six inches taller than me, but I think of the short guy because he's playing with Malone, who's, you know, 6'10", and like you think of him somewhat more slight and more slender, and and you don't necessarily think of 
no, that's a hairy guy. So I don't know. For me, that was one that I didn't think they would get to because you'd then have to cover some of the other stuff that had been going on. But it was one that popped in my head as far as uh, hairy athletes go. Great call. So what other topics do we want to cover? Do we want to go? Well, I don't, you know me, I don't like to work blue very often. <laughs> so we won't, I don't know how much time we will spend on this. But the other thing that I had was the conversation about the use of proper anatomical terms uh, during the, during broadcasting and got me to thinking it, it hit right in my wheelhouse of something. Uh, and of course, we're talking about Witty and his his use of of the word penis, and how it makes most people uncomfortable. But he's saying, if you're using the anatomical words, why do we not say, you know, it hit him in a certain part or whatever? And it got me to thinking, and I shared it. I think I shared it in the group chat. But I'll just tell everybody: go to YouTube or do a Google search on uh, Monty Python the meaning of life. And I think it's called the penis song. And I'll just say you're welcome because it could very well be something that witty were to sing. And it, it, it properly hit that conversation. 100%. And I would love to see it as a grid of death punishment for witty. The problem is some of these grid of death punishments get very specific and it's funny for one particular member of the shipping container. Or, or the show itself to do. Um, yeah, I, I sort of definitely laughed. I, I tend to laugh generally at most of Witty's, I don't know, language issues is probably the wrong way to say it, but the way he wants to speak in a certain manner and a certain way, I totally get. And he leans into it. He leans into the fancy land exceptionally well. But I'll be honest, most of the British people I know are foul mouth like they love to curse see you next tuesday comes out of their mouth like the word shit comes out of ours in the u.s like it's just night and day so it always makes me chuckle when witty is so not like taken aback by off-color language or blue language but that he's just so in opposition to it when in many ways, the way sometimes the British people speak, and if you listen to Mayor's call out on the penis song, you'll get this. The way they talk, it just sort of glosses over what words they're saying, and it just sounds pretty, even though they're not necessarily using nice language. Um, I did think it was funny. Again, this goes back to something we were talking about earlier. It was sort of everyone against witty. And I just love the dynamic when it's multiple on one um, and they're going and going after somebody, not exactly, but sort of everyone's focusing on one person and that one person is sort of fighting back. And then Dan will jump in to try to deflect, but it doesn't necessarily work. And they go right back to the person. I don't know. I really enjoy that. That that's something that I always feared. Would they have too many voices? Would it be hard to get anyone's voice enough other than Dan and Stu? But I think the sheer number of people they get gives so many different abilities for dynamics of when they're going at witty, it's going to be this way. When they're going at Schmetti, it's this way. When they're going at Billy, it's this way, or Chris is this way, and or Roy or Mike or whatever. And and just how really 
how that aspect of the show has seemed to grow over the last year very well in, in they're not all equal, but they often act like they're all equal, even though Billy is scared and afraid of all of it, but it's just, I really enjoy that part of it. So I, I like the whole going after Woody on that. It's stuff. very much, it's very much like siblings. You know, there's always, there's always one that ends up getting piled on. And, and again, it, it makes me kind of smile because it makes me think of my two brothers and you know, the way that sometimes you were, sometimes you were the, the handle and sometimes you were the, the pointed end of the stick. Yes. It's a lot more fun to be uh, on the handle <laughs> side of it than the pointed stick side. But, um, you know, the one thing I will say about Woody is this being involved in, in broadcasting and doing live reads during sporting events and you know, having to record commercials and whatnot. He is, and they, they remark about it all the time, but he is darn near as good as it gets on live reads, his enunciation, his flow. He is, he is just so dynamic at that. I really admire the way he is able to pull all of that together and be so buttoned up with it. It is definitely a skill that uh, it takes a while to hone. And it's certainly something that most people don't ever achieve anywhere near the level of, of excellence that he has in doing that. It's not as easy as, as it looks or sounds, but he is, he's remarkable at it. I wish I had half that much talent to do that. Yes. And, and going back to sort of where he is the person, he takes pride in it. He wants to do it well. He wants to, he, he doesn't want to lead into the complete opposite of the Stugatz type free. He wants to do it. Excellent sound professional enunciate, speak slowly and clearly and get every word out correctly, including penis. Absolutely. Well said. I do want to really quick. I want to, um, two things I want to hit first to tack on to what you're saying. I have also enjoyed how they're passing around the ad reads and how sometimes you get witty and sometimes you get Mike and then you get Billy and then you get Chris and then you get Schmetti. You don't get Roy necessarily. <laughs> Roy gets like, or Roy seems to be interested in doing like one, maybe here and there and that's all. But I like that you get their personalities again in another way as part of this whole process or as part of all the content they're putting out. I really enjoy that because they seem to do a really good job of it and fitting them in, in ways that are going to work. And, you know, they take pride in their work and I think it shows. And so I want to give them a little props for that. Just overall with the way everything is produced, and I know a lot of that goes on Mike, but also a lot of it goes on Tony and Billy and Chris when they're putting together the pods and, you know, the Looking Glass pod that Smitty does and the new Montgomery podcast that Roy's doing, and they're just all, it's all high quality stuff from beginning to end, even if they're talking stupid stuff in the moment of any particular episode. Well, and I don't know how they're structured there, but a lot of times that live read, I mean, there's, there's dollars attached to that. Yeah, of course. Uh, and, and so I don't know if by passing it around, they're trying to spread the wealth to everybody or if, you know, if, if that contract and they've got their own agreement, really not, I, I don't know what it is. And I don't know what we ever will, cause it's really none of our business, but what it does do is it does go to that developing that bench strength 
you know, as I've talked in the past, it's the thing I really like about the lo- liked about the local hour. Nothing against Dan and Stu, but I like it when it's just them, almost like the mystery crate episodes, because it's it's a playground for them to kind of hone their crafts, and you're developing that bench strength and developing those skills so that you know Chris can do a better job as the producer of Cinephile. Um, you know that Roy now has the opportunity to go and do you know, the Montgomery and company project that, you know, Billy has taken a more active role with, with stupidity and God bless football, you know, those skills to be able to, 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 to have to be able to hone them and to be able to do those live reads, it does kind of prepare you to do the other things. And so again, you, you nailed it. So now the last topic I want to talk about is uh, Mike Schur. Um I, I, I can see mayor laughing and smiling uh, and nodding his head about, he knows where I'm going. I mean, he's, he's, he's great. He's a genius. He's a comedy gold. He knows what he's doing and his observations are always spot on. And he does a good job of going after people in a way that seems honest, seems believable, seems like, you're never going to say, well, I don't think Mike Sher would know that about Stu. Like he knows where the points he's hitting and he does such a quality job of it. And I do hope um, that it's something that they keep doing, even if it's just once a month, they let him just do observations. Um, a, because Stu will be fine with it. One less day of work he's got to do or one less thing he's got to worry about on a weekend. And also, you know, Mike's really good at it. So what do you think, Mayor? I, I think, again, you you really nailed it. I I can't look at him and not see Moe's from the office and it just makes me smile. There's certain people that just, when you see them, you just start laughing. And what I like most about him again, it's his, the, the delivery is there. Obviously the content is there. He's a, he's an expert writer, but the tone of what he does, his brand of comedy, like you said, he takes some pretty significant shots at people. But he wants he, the way that he does it is he wants the person who's the person being attacked to laugh with them. He doesn't do anything to belittle anybody or to make them be laughed at. He wants them to be part of the joke. And that's the kind of comedy that I like. It's not at the expense of somebody else's feelings. And uh, I downloaded his, his book, the audio book yesterday. So I'll get to listen to him, read it to me. Uh, I don't, you know, again, we could debate whether or not that's really reading or not, but uh, <laughs> this evening I will probably start listening to him uh, read his book to me while I'm going to bed. Well, and just to plug him one further, his podcast with Joe Posnanski is hilarious. Um, now, they talk a lot of baseball, which I love. So, Mayor, yep. I throw it out to you if you need something else. And what's funny is another thing they talked about this week, or, or I guess I guess last week, but I'm listening to it this week, was how many podcast levitards of friends are putting out and they went through like a list and they were just making fun of Dan at how much crap stuff, whatever that we're put that they're putting out on levitards of friends network comma. Well, we're very thankful that we're also on a levitards of friends network. So I just thought it was very funny. Yeah. They are pushing out an awful lot of content. And even Dan admits, it goes some of the stuff you may like, and there's some that you, you may not. Uh, I have my own personal preferences of things that uh, I like an awful lot. There's a few that I just don't, but again, that's, that's okay. Uh, not everything's for everybody. They are certainly giving you a myriad of 
of opportunities and, and a lot of different flavors, like going to Baskin Robbins. There's, there's an awful lot of flavors to pick from. Some of you may like, some of you may never even choose. Some of you may try and, you know, get that little spoon and go, no, I'm not doing that. So it's, uh, it's all for everybody. And I, I do appreciate the creative endeavor and the, and again, the marketing and the engineering uh, and production that goes into all of it. What about, what about Ant and Juju? Had a had a really neat episode, <laughs> and boy, it can't sound whiter than that. But had a really neat episode with Kumo uh, <laughs> D on there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, some, that was old school good, rappers. That was, it was that was that was pretty sharp. And again, it's I'm an old school rap guy, and that was a lot of fun to listen to. And of course, they their lingo is way over my. It's gone beyond me, but it was it was fun to listen to. Yes, I would agree. I would agree definitely. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, and you're a fan of Juju and and old school rap and ant you gotta you gotta get in on that so yeah and just like there's a number of different products in the let's see me turn into pitch man here just like there's a number of different products on lower uh in meadowlark the lower after hours crew has a lot of different things too as a matter of fact cinema has got another episode in the tank uh midweek mentions here you're listening to but we also have post post game and laughter the club and then, of course, if you're looking for gear, shop.lowerafterhours.com. Thank you very much, Mayor. That was fun. Glad we yeah. got a little bit of uh, personal, just one-on-one time. Midweek Paisanos. That'll be That's the right. episode. That's right. Um, we may be so where can we find, find you on Twitter, Mayor? You can find me at, at Santini Matt on Twitter and just right there in downtown Cartersville. Come by and see us. We've got a lot of great things to see. Awesome. And I'm Ant at Stanley Brooklyn. Thank you very much for listening and have a great week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lauer After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lauer After Hours or Instagram at Lauer After Hours. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars.